This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry. Ethics. Philosophy. Hi, welcome to episode two of Incisive Decisive. My name's Colin Campbell and I'm with Sean Sellers um, to talk today about evidence in dentistry. What is evidence in dentistry? How, what, how, how do you think we are as, uh, from, from a dental profession with regards to our evidence base? Uh, terrible. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I think, I think terrible and I, and I, and I, I struggle um, to talk about this because I feel like a little bit of a fraud, I guess. Um, okay. Because I, because there will be people, who, there may be people that would listen to this who have a qualification in evidence who would be saying, "Well, who are you to talk about this?" and 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 to to uh, um, to, to, to sort of um, prophesize about it. But um, I think we're, I think we're, I think it's when I compare us to medicine. In terms of our training and our pathways mm-hmm. and things, I think we're... I think that dentistry now is a bit like where medicine was in the seventies, where we we don't have a great evidence base. Yeah, but we're not really accepting as much as we should be of the need for increasing that evidence base. If you read um, Ben Goldacre's Bad Farmer, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's quite it's, it's a difficult book because it's 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 a, a bit impenetrable. It's not like Bad Science, his first book on homeopathy which is yeah. easy because if you know it's like a low-hanging fruit of bullshit isn't it homeopathy yeah, yeah. if you believe homeopathy and you probably should be yeah. looking somewhere else right but bad farmers like really in depth and bad trials and why why the evidence base is sometimes wrong but if you look, he was he talks about in the 70s when uh, archie cochran was trying to trying to build in evidence base to the way that people were practicing. There's a real backlash because the idea was, we know best. We're the ones that are practicing it. We do this day in, day out. We see with the evidence of our own eyes. In our hands. Absolutely that. And that's where it goes wrong. Um, We're still very, very in our hands in dentistry. Very much so. Very much so, right. And I'm trying to get a a paper published at the moment about the ethics of evidence-based dentistry. And I was doing my research for, for, it's it's part of my assignment, doing a master's degree in, in dental law and ethics. And I came off, I came across this a great paper on um, about what dentists trust from points of view of evidence of, of what will influence their clinical practice. Yeah. And so, being the theoretical, rational thinker that I am, it's it's you get a paper, you look at the paper, you evaluate the paper. The paper shows you a better way of doing your treatment. You start doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently not. What dentists think of its good things is what they think, and what their mates think. Mm-hmm. And they actually trust the results of research much less than that. So I think, and I'm probably skipping ahead a bit now, the way to change that is by combining the two. So getting your mates in to think about the right, yeah. the right way of doing things. Journal pub. Yeah, exactly that. Journal yeah. pub's the answer. Yeah. So, so, so actually, and we had it and we lost it. And so in the 1990s, um, we had peer review, mm. and what we did at peer review is we sat down as a group and and we talked about stuff, and people said I've done this or I'm doing mm. this for my masters or I'm doing this for my whatever, and then we had local thought leaders and and we could trust them because they were pretty ethical and we could then you could get the dissemination of information properly like that, 
and then and then we didn't have that. I mean, we had that because it was funded through the NHS. So you used to get. You're too young to remember this, but uh, <laughs> but um, we used to get paid for going to peer review meetings. Really? Oh, it was awesome. And and we had some great ones. We did have one on aloe vera, which was total Whoa. shit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but that practitioner doesn't speak to me anymore for one reason or another. But um, but some of them were great, and some of them were just um, because I was a, I was I was I was young then, and um, so I would I, my, I was introduced to my peer review group by my then boss, and it, this was your, this was you're talking about ninety eight ninety nine mm-hmm. right. And um, so I'm 27, and I'm there with guys in their 50s, some of them. Yeah. So, so you know, 30 years yeah. of practice. And, 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 and I know it was anecdotal, and I know, but, you know, guys that had done 5,000 sets of dentures. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. And guys that had gone through the whole... Because this, cause this progression um, that we see through professional life in any field, um, is is not new. So so you you know you you, you establish yourself and then you go through it and then ultimately there's an, a cohort of people that want a deeper understanding mm-hmm. Be- mm-hmm. just because they want it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, not knowledge because knowledge is safe. Yeah, it's yeah. the best the best and way so to get knowledge. Being surrounded by guys like that who influenced you and peer review was just amazing and you could you could it was non threatening and um, you could take cases to it and people could say you could put their hands up wherever they were and say do you know what actually I knew this or I know that and I know where to find that mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And, and bizarrely, we've tried to start that again. I, I was about at, to say at our place, yeah. but because and, and genuinely tried to start it, genuinely trying to get groups of guys together to just talk honestly about stuff. And I've been to your peer reviews. So I say yours. You don't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Neil runs. Neil, because Neil's Neil. and, and Neil's excellent. Neil's yeah. really good because yeah. he will. He'll sit there and he'll let you chat. And Neil carries a little notebook around. Not uh, probably a Campbell Academy notebook. Around I mean, him. don't think he'll use that. No, no, no. his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, the Poyser Clinic. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, but he he will write down all these little tips, uh-huh. and that's brilliant. And then he'll pass them on. And, uh-huh. and disseminating the information is really yeah. important. And I was there, uh, I think it was the, the first, maybe a month ago, two months ago, and we were talking about uh, a composite splint technique for cracked teeth and, and that sort of thing. And people just hadn't heard about this information. And it, there's a, it's, it's in quite a good paper. Um, Brian Miller, who is, mm. who is excellent. He, he uh, taught me some cons when, when I was a student. Yeah. Um, and it's this amazing paper on how to diagnose cracked teeth and then a protocol on how to follow once you've diagnosed it. And no one's heard about it. Uh-huh. No one, and so it's like, well, here's, here's the paper. Go home, go use it. It works. It works really well. And disseminating that information once you've got it is the key thing. Yeah, it is. It's the, it's an, it's the ca- knowledge cascade. Mm. We're all involved in the knowledge cascade. So it's going to the conference and seeing a guy who is brilliant, who you who you trust because he presents, he or she presents the evidence really well, and then taking it back down and then presenting it to another group. Yeah. And then people in that group then presenting it again. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and, that, and that, that's, what, that's the culture we need to establish. I've been on a lot of courses over the last... How long have I been practicing? 15, 16 years, more so in the last few years. And without a doubt, all the courses that have that have affected me most have been the ones that have said, here's the evidence, mm-hmm. here's how we interpret that evidence into the techniques that I'm going to show you now, and here's how we do it. Uh, the, I went on a Jason Smithson course yeah. recently, and he is... Oh, world class. <laughs> um, so Jason is probably one of the world's best 
composite people, I would say. Uh, he is right up there. Yeah, he's world class. But his yeah. teaching's very good as well. Yeah. And it's quite personable. He's a lovely guy. And he is, he's a nice guy, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. a really nice guy. Yeah. But he's like, well, here's the, the papers that, that this mm-hmm. comes from. Here's how we've adapted that into everyday practice. And here is how we here's my microscope, we'll show you how to do it. Yeah. Get on and do it. Uh-huh. And then you can you can do yeah. that on Monday. Yes. And a lot of courses are quite bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Conversely, I went on a, I'm not going to mention any names, I went on a short-term ortho course a few years <laughs> ago. I've been on a couple of short, short-term ortho courses. One of them was very good. One of them was um, specialist-led, do simple stuff. This, these are your limits. The, do not case, do this, do not do this, yeah. do not do this. Yeah. The other one I went on, was not run by was run by a guy that had been on had done a few cases and was great yeah and, and was fourteen here's, here's some <laughs> here's some results uh, that's, that's nice results yeah was a bit and then it was like well you don't really need to choose cases particularly difficultly just go on and tell your patient you'll get a better result than they've got now um, and uh, not to worry about it too much not to worry about the periodontal um, disease yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and you, Ethically, from an ethical point of view, that's a bit iffy. That's mm. that's not good, is it? No, and and it's a good time to sort of bring into the discussion one of the the the, the blogs that I wrote years ago, which got me into some difficulty. No, I didn't. I didn't get me into any Just difficulty. I never get into difficulty. Nobody nobody um, turns up at my house with a gun. Um, but I did write a blog about um, MSCs. Oh, yeah. Called the MSC myth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can search for it. I think you can still find it. You will still find it. And I still completely and utterly um, agree with that blog, which is nice. Um, but there were some people that really didn't. And and so I I, th- I haven't done a master's, um, and that's I, I, to my sort of eternal shame. And, and I definitely, definitely need to do one. Um, and and, I, and lots of people say I need to do one. Um, but I mean do a master's. And, uh, um, and, I, and I will... So here we are, you know, I'm going to do a master's, either a master's or a PhD. Um, I've just got a couple of other things I need to finish off first before I get to that. Um, Because I think all of us should do that. We should all have a formal training in in research. Mm. Um, And I've I've, I've done, I've filled in the gaps as best I can in other ways, but um, I wrote the blog because a master's isn't about learning practical skills. No, no, it's not at all, is it? And so to to and and we need the evidence, but we also, as you say, need to apply it practically in practice. And so I, I fundamentally believe that in education. I think what you've just described the way Jason does it is the way that we should Absolutely. teach. And so I I made the the ridiculous suggestion um, in the blog that um, just because you've done a master's doesn't mean you're actually good at practical dentistry. And and of course. That, that was, people came out of the woodwork and went, how dare you, I've got three master's degrees, therefore I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm going, well, you might be fantastic at analysing what happens to composite when you scrape it on a car park surface, but um, that doesn't actually mean that you know how to practically but, use it. But not, not only that, we were talking in a, in a previous episode about uh, new dentists just coming out of, of dental school, yeah, doing, what, 12 extractions, whatever. You do a master's and you get the theory on how to do X, Y, and Z. So say you're doing full mouth rehabs, whatever, or whatever's trendy at the moment. Vertipreps seems to be the, the real trendy thing at the yeah. moment. So it's, Where did that it's, come from? Uh, I don't know. J- Jason does it. Jason yeah. does quite a lot. Uh, it's uh, uh, beyond me. It's It's gone, it's like a, 
See, it's weird how dentistry goes in trends yeah, and does. cycles and yeah. that sort of thing. It's going back to that gold work, but now we've got zirconia and we can do it all in zirconia. No, we can't. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you wanted a break. Um, but anyway. So you've done 12 extractions and you've got the, the, the ideally you have the theoretical knowledge on how to take any tooth out. Yeah. So you've done one or two for math rehabs for your uh-huh. masters. masters. Yeah, and you need to do 50 before you're any good at it. Under supervision with a mentor. Exactly that. And, that, and and so then so 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 then um, if we expand in the evidence based situation then you, you, we need we need a we need a, a cohort of mentors yeah every subject who are, who are subscribed to this philosophy and who will for reasonable fees and not ridiculous mm. fees will support practitioners um, and practitioners will invest in that and so we have that set up to a degree in, in implant dentistry it's quite quite yeah. quite, a, quite it's quite mature in terms of um, other places, because you know you'll do your you do your masters in um, restorative dentistry, right? And you'll get, as you say, you'll get exposure to hands-on stuff, and you'll do the hands-on stuff, and then you get into practice. But you you don't have a formal mentoring arrangement mm-hmm. for people that can help you select the cases. Uh, and I think that's partly one of the problems. There is there's no real career, good career pathway as a dentist. You're yeah. qualified, and you do whatever it's called now. The oh, foundation, whatever, yeah, yeah, and then so. you kind of left to your own devices. And as long as you do your CPD, yeah, you're, right. you're okay. But CPD is a bit it's rubbish, yeah, it's rubbish yeah. isn't it? Um, and it's got better, but it's not great, is it? No. I mean, twenty hours of CPD a year—that's nothing, is it? No, it's rubbish. And 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 and, but I mean, it's now trying to be directed to a PDP. Yeah, okay, that's right. That's okay. That's, okay. that's better. But I used to work uh, with a dentist, and who I will not mention, uh, who. And this is obviously in the the previous uh, CPD way of doing things. Yeah, the, the, in the back of the BDJ, you got your four questions, and that was an hour's worth of CPD. Got his practice manager, to it, and that was his CPD. Mm-hmm. It's crap. Yeah. Well, the 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 first of all, we need to produce good evidence, mm. and actually, we should all be producing good evidence. We should all exactly be. That. Yes. We should. And one of the issues that we that appears to have have occurred, at, and and. You know, if you look at the evidence-based dentistry supplement in the BDG, that is a good supplement. I think that is really accessible evidence-based dentistry, and it, um, and some of the stuff that's been in that recently has been fascinating for my practice. Um, but if you if you look at that, one of the main complaints in that is that all everybody's doing at the moment is systematic reviews. Yeah. So all they're doing is reviewing stuff that's already been mm-hmm. done. You need that good primary evidence to, to in, yeah, yeah, in practice. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and in practice, and then and that. That gives you the opportunity to either to collaborate with a university or, or whatever, and it should be part of your practice. It should be something that you're interested in. You should be producing something to, for the greater good. This isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to have to start right at the start from dental school, teaching people the importance of evidence. Yeah. And then we should all be doing some research in practice. Yeah. Or, or even if we're not conducting the research, we should be passing data on to people to conduct the research. Because yeah. there are thousands of us out there doing yeah, procedures day definitely. in, day out. Some of them are shit. Some of them don't do anything. Some of them don't work. Some of them probably harm patients. Yeah. Going back to the Margaret McCartney book that we talked about previously. Um, previously, in, this is probably an extreme case, in healthcare, if you had a head trauma and you went yeah. into A&E, you were given steroids because people thought it was the right thing to do. Then they decided to study it. And actually, it probably killed 10,000 people. Yeah. And, but we didn't know until we'd done the, yeah. the studies. And if the evidence isn't there, you can be doing what you think is the right thing 
day in, day out, and you can be not benefiting people or you can be harming them. Yeah. Now, as dentists, we're probably not going to harm many people in a great way that's going to yeah, affect their but lives. Other, but there's other ways of looking at that, exactly. isn't there? Because I'm quite interested. To, I, one the other, I'm quite interested in, to be honest, how much the NHS should be paying for orthodontics. I talk about this because you wrote a blog on that a while ago now. Apparently, I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, because I because for, from a quality of life assessment, mm. is it value for money for the NHS? I'm not absolutely sure it is. Um, um, I, I think I think we've spent an awful lot of money on orthodontics, and an awful lot of orthodontic practitioners since 1992 have bought an awful lot of aeroplanes, and um, make you know. And in the previous episode, we were talking about dentists earning 120 grand yeah, a year, yeah, yeah. try a million yeah, yeah. pounds a year. Yeah, well, that's and, and, and 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 if we actually, if we had been brave enough in 1992 to start to research the outcomes of orthodontics. You know, d- does it does it matter apart from in the most severe cases? We don't, uh, we don't the, really know. I think it's probably a clear case in some of those really really like functional what ones yeah, yeah. the people that can't eat can't actually clean their teeth can't. But for those in the middle. more minor, don't not know. sure. But don't and, 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 don't, maybe, and we don't know. And that's the thing. They don't. Maybe it would entirely justify. And it. that's the thing. Saying saying I don't know. We should be proud to say I don't know. Yeah. But saying, as a, as a healthcare practitioner, saying I don't know is a weakness, and we should look at that as something to to change. Yeah, I don't know is honest, openly honest. The, the good thing is though that if you if you're short of the information that you require, you can always turn to Facebook uh, <laughs> to to get an, to get an opinion to get a to get a completely valid, non biased opinion on how you should proceed. <laughs> And that, of course, has become one of the greatest issues that we have. You love Facebook, don't you? I, Facebook is your favourite. I, I, I fucking hate <laughs> Facebook. Um, and, and, and I don't. It, Facebook is an extraordinary tool, right? But the problem is, so imagine Facebook as a diamond-tipped axe, mm. which we're using yeah, on yeah. our own head. That's the problem, is we're not using it as a tool the way that it could best be yeah, used. Facebook is uh, both the best of things and the worst of yeah, things. Yeah, it is. But so. unfortunately, and it may just be my jaundiced view of the world, but um, but the, the worst part has outweighed now the benefits of it. Yeah, I think there are certain circles of dental Facebook that um, are not good for people I think and, and the difficulty we have in that regard and, and with regards to evidence and the fostering of practitioners who are what we would call ethical and who want mm-hmm. to do the best work for the long, best longevity and the best outcomes is that the worst pages in Facebook are the ones which tend to attract the younger yeah, yeah, dentists yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and so we are, we, are, we are creating we have created a culture around evidence Facebook evidence um, that we've sold to people coming into dentistry about what they might get when they come out. Yes. Uh, and um, that's been really destructive um, to the profession as a whole. And so now there is an entitlement. So so, so that so, so it's, uh, these guys are pushing, the guys in these pages that we don't like are pushing stuff out, which they have no idea is rubbish, but it even looks rubbish in front of your very eyes. But they're also using that to portray their lifestyle. Yes. Um, yes. And so they're saying, don't do evidence-based dentistry that has any longevity or any quality. 
and even still you can have this great lifestyle this great materialistic lifestyle and don't worry about how much debt you come out of dental school with <laughs> as you maintain that lifestyle through dentistry you'll always be able to get it back except no you won't yeah. um, and so we then end up with a cohort of graduates who are A, in six-figure debt, B, have no understanding how to do dentistry properly, and C, wouldn't be able to do it properly right. anyway because all they have to do is make as much money as they can <laughs> as quickly as possible to pay off their debt. I'm, I'm also waiting for the um, the first person to come up against the GDC. Who I, okay, We're not talking about the GDC. No, right? we're going to be doing it. But um, as, and as their defence against whatever perceived crime that they've done. Was, oh, I, I, someone told me to do it up from Facebook. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like getting patient advice on Facebook is not a good idea. No, it's not. It's such a bad idea. It's such a bad filter. It's just a rubbish filter because if you put a post up and say, can you tell me how to treat this? And let's just say you, we know how it works on Google Analytics. You get 100 responses. You only read the top 10. So, Absolutely, yeah. so, so you're filtering your advice based on the fastest people to respond. I don't think that's the best way to get advice. That's such, such a bad idea, but but it happens all the time. People have built, the, people have and are building their careers on being Facebook dentists. Facebook famous. Yeah, yeah. 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 Instagram famous. Yeah, and and that's that is not a good way to do healthcare. Well, in my view, no, I I would probably agree with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, um, podcast—that's a different. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> this is going to make us rich, right? Like, <laughs> beyond our wildest. The dreams. next episode is on monetizing monetizing by- podcasts. <laughs> We'll get our patient up and people would be donating for the extra <laughs> the bits that we had to edit out. And, and so, um, and now for now for There are good parts of Facebook. I think. I think there are good parts of Facebook. There's a. You won't know this because you don't do Facebook. There's a, a Facebook group called uh, Mental Dental. Oh, I have heard of this. Yeah, I have heard uh, of it. Which is um, kind of a, an outreach for for dentists that are going through issues. Yeah. Which is that's that's what Facebook was good for. It's it's interesting. It's interesting because although I don't agree with giving people advice in that way, I think it can be quite disruptive at times because for the same reason that getting yeah, evidence is exactly exactly. But the fact that you can see that people are having problems, and the fact that you can see that that problem that I'm having with X, Y, and Z is not the only problem that people have in dentistry. The dentists are having issues and den- dentists are yeah, crying isn't out. Isn't it just problems. a little bit sad that we have to come together in exactly. cyber world? Though? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, as a little aside, what I've, I've observed through my own children's habits with electrical interaction and social media is that um, the world's moved on quite quickly, clearly, because when I first arrived in Nottingham in 1995, I didn't have a mobile phone and, and, and things are different now. Um, and um, I, at that stage, I was always the innovator. I always had the latest technology. I was early on to add an iPhone uh, 3 and et cetera, et cetera. But um, where, where I would have had my first dental website in 2007 as an associate, um, my children really, my eldest daughter really uses websites for information. Yeah. She uses Facebook. So she uses she uses Facebook. I use. I would have used Facebook for communication and websites for information. Yeah. She uses Instagram for communication okay, and Facebook for information. And her sister, who is two years younger, doesn't. So she doesn't want to use the, the tools that I use the way I do because she's young, she's younger. My daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the next one again doesn't want to use the same as her sister. So no, she no, uses yeah. Snapchat for communication yeah, 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 and Instagram yeah. for information. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because because Facebook is falling out of favour with the, the younger generation. You totally, much yeah. so. But then you find that the... The old- good news is that they do on Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. So they're all right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Matt's okay. No, no. So he's not going to go broke. He's all right for his next trillion dollars. Yeah. Um, the, the thing I find interesting is that the older generation are now switching to Facebook. My dad's on Facebook. Yeah. And my mum through my dad is on Facebook. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But they're making... You know when you were young younger and you were just starting out on the internet mm-hmm. and your parents told you oh you've got to be careful of the internet because there's bad people out there yeah. don't. they're making all those mistakes your parents are the ones yeah on, yeah yeah they're getting sold stuff absolutely yeah i know because they trust that yeah yeah it's bizarre and and, and that so so from the, the problem what we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> is the evidence in dentistry and and the, and the difficulty is that everybody's distracted away from 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 the way that they would be able to do their job the best, which ultimately would make them the most successful because they would be good at yeah, it, yeah. because they're too busy chasing after false uh, false spotlights over in the corner on this or that, and 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 it takes us to the concept of a Seth Gordon concept of FOMO, which is just extraordinary. So, so the, somebody posts um, some potential new way of doing something, i.e., a commercial advantage on Facebook. And the next thing, everybody in that locality, or be it geographically or electrically, um, wants to do the same thing. So we saw it with fillers and Botox. Yeah. We saw it with short-term orthodontics. Yeah, yeah. We we see it with immediate implants. Mm-hmm. We see, you know because if you can do it faster, faster is better and cheaper, and then you can move on. Right, and the you next can, thing. right, and it can, and and then you can sell it to yeah. to a greater part of the public because you can say we are faster, we are cheaper. And 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 it's a race to the bottom, which is disastrous in terms of quality, in terms of reputation, in terms of patient trust. All of that stuff gets lost. It's terrible. Do you remember a few years ago when everyone was doing Groupons? Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. Just why? It, I I ended up with the. We went on a Groupon, my wife and I, oh, really? for our anniversary to a hotel in Derbyshire, and we met one of the big managers in Groupon. He was there as well. In fact, my wife actually mistake mistook him for me in the swimming pool and shouted Baldy after him it was really great <laughs> but he was just basically he had a big honest frank conversation about how Groupon worked and I was just going oh my god and and how much um, you know it's, it was just a disaster it was a disaster Groupon yeah. and 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 the dentists that were doing that I mean the very fact that you ever did Groupon should automatically excuse oh, you ever from being able to it's, treat it's, patients it's that Chris, Chris Barry concept you know, don't, don't ever do discounts don't ever sell yourself short don't it's, it's just it's just it's the Commercial principles applied to healthcare where they shouldn't have been applied, and it's it's um, you get the same from a certain extent Facebook advertising as well. I yeah. think you get yeah. you get the patients that are looking for the bargain rather than well, the quality. Well, I, th- I think I think what's I think if we were going to change dentistry, change healthcare, which we are, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, we are, are. As, we, yeah, we as are clearly we are yeah, yeah. as we speak I mean, doing yes. it. Um, but the um, but I think if that was going to change, I think. We need to get more people on the side of the line who believe that doing it right mm-hmm. um, is is um, is better, and playing the long game is better, and quality is better, because at the moment everybody's racing to the bottom. Yeah. So everybody is pricing based on what the guy next door is pricing. Mm-hmm. So think about it: you sell a tin of beans for 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 twenty pence, and the guy next door is selling them for nineteen, so you sell them for eighteen. It's only going one way that. Right, it's only going one way. It's only going right mm-hmm. to the bottom, and it's the concept of if you race Walmart to the bottom, yeah, 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 you, you will yeah, lose, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. because Walmart will win. Yep. So why not race to the top in quality and everything? 
Because if you lose that race, you still finish second from top. And and unfortunately, like it or not, that's a decade-long project. Oh, and the rest. Right. And so if we can just get the young guys' heads around that and say to them, okay, set your foundations up really solidly, because the training pathway for young dentists has changed now. Because it's now a case of mediocrity won't be rewarded. No. Okay? Mm-hmm. So get used to that. If you're, if you're in the middle, you're a 40 grand a year associate. It's no problem. That's your job, right? And what will be rewarded will be the top 10% yeah. or the top 20%. Mm-hmm. And to get to the top 20%, you have to do, you have to understand your research, understand the up-to-date technology, understand the up-to-date principles, study abroad, work in different places, mm-hmm. learn your trade, and on you go. And And, and, and that going forward is the message that we have to sell. And I think I'm, I'm a very bog standard. I've said this before. I'm a, just a bog standard general dentist. I don't do anything particularly fancy. But I'm a great believer that if you do the right thing, whatever your definition of the right thing is, that money's going to follow. Yeah. And actually, for the sake of 20, 30 grand, sleeping at night every night is, is a good thing. Yeah, well... I- I just, I just think, I think, there's dentists make a great living. They do, and we any do. dentist can make a great living. We, I mean, yeah. And you get to do it. Or if you, if you play the longer game, you end up with a cohort of people that you look after who like you, who trust you, who don't question you because they know that you're doing the right thing. So, um, from the Campbell Clinic. We, we're not talking too much about the Campbell Clinic. I haven't talked about it at yeah, all. No, exactly. It's, it's me, it's mainly me. I know. Reason this is, we're getting through this. This all, <laughs> all's going through your business, right? This is... <laughs> the, the whole idea of the Campbell Clinic and the Campbell Academy tribe is is really good. So I like that. And if you get more and more, um, more and more people on that side, pushing against the media, not necessarily against the mediocrity, but trying to improve, constantly improve. We should all be constantly trying yeah. to improve. I think that's a really good thing. If we get an incisive, decisive tribe together, yeah, we can do that on a on a bigger level, bigger scale. Yeah, we can do it on a bigger scale because everybody everybody has an idea of what healthcare they want their mother to receive. Yeah, right. So whoever they are, whatever car they drive, however, wherever they go on holiday, whatever watch they wear, when their mother or their wife, or their sister is sick, um, they have an idea of what they want that healthcare to be. So all they have to do is provide that healthcare like that. It's dead simple. All you have to do is do it like it was a member of your own family. That's all you have to do, and then you win, right? But, but you can't have it always. If you give shit healthcare, you're going to get shit healthcare back. I have a, I have a potential solution to one of the major problems that we have, which is disseminating that information. Yeah. I have a friend called Nancy. Nancy is a medical information scientist. She works in in pharmacy. So she's not a pharmacist. Her primary degree is biomedical sciences. But her job, she sits in Newcastle in her little office with her little team, and she um, she collates all the evidence on everything to do with pharmacy, and she puts it out there to every pharmacist in the country. And she's on the end of the phone, and if a pharm- pharmacist phones her and says, "What's the current guidelines on this?" This is the current guidelines on this. What's the current guidelines on this? Let's go. What, what, what do we do? What are we going to be doing of this in the future? What do we do with this in the future? We need a. We need more nances. We do. We need dental nances. We do. People that can disseminate the good from the dross, 
the 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 cutting edge stuff that you're you're going to be doing, not me. I'm I'm a general dentist. You're fucking up here somewhere. That's really good, isn't it, for an audio? I've had podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, was, he wasn't been his hand very high there at all, <laughs> to be honest. But we want to know what we should be doing as general dental practitioners. What we probably shouldn't be doing as well, because that's important. Yeah, that is really important. Like you don't want me fucking up. I don't want me fucking up. You don't want me fucking up. Same for all of us. Exactly. Though. Yeah, yeah. But we need to know what we can, what we should be doing, what the best way to do things is. There are people out there doing it already. Uh, the Scottish guys are good. The SD yeah. SDSEPs is like the best thing yeah, that ever happened to dentistry. And 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 so it's worth plugging SDSEP now. So 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 um, so SDSEP. The the, the 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 clinical guidelines that are produced by and it's SDCEP. Mm. Um, the clinical guidelines that are produced by SDCEP um, come have come from a long way back because the way that the the sign guidelines were produced in the Scottish Intercollegiate Network and everything was set up, they set up a format to be able to produce guidelines in a systematic way, and now they just roll them out, and you can get them for free and you can download them and they're brilliant. And they're, they're, so they're, they're on prescribing, on anti-resorptives, on anticoagulation, on antibiotics, on all, and, and it's they're now absolutely the standard. It's just unbelievable. But going back to Facebook dentistry, I was on one of the Facebook forums the other day saying, I've got a patient who stopped anhydronic acid three years ago and they need a tooth out, what do I do? And people are chipping in with their information. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Oh, there's a really, really good guidelines good there. Guidelines there. All, all you really need Really good yeah. guidelines. Like a click away, and no one had bothered to just say, like, here's no. your link. Why, why are we not fed that? We get a BNF, or we've got the BNF app for, for, for medicines. Yeah. Why have we not got something okay, like that? For, that. Yeah, for, for it's who funds your pharmacy, lady? NHS funds, Nancy. Mm. This is interesting, isn't it? Mm. It is, because... Because that, because that, you know, it would only take a few bond ups, yeah, to fund yeah, yeah. Um, to fund yeah. that in dentistry. You've got you've got Cochrane as well. Cochrane are quite uh, good, but every Cochrane review is needs more research, especially uh, in dentistry. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I've just started to write this paper on evidence based ethics. No, the ethics of evidence based dentistry, and the the point I'm putting forward is that dentistry is an orphaned field of medicine. So because there's not a lot of money in it, yeah, it doesn't get done. Yeah. Apart from implants and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got your high end stuff that, that gets money pumped into it, mainly from the companies. But that's the problem, is, isn't but, it? Yeah, and but you've got no one how how do you brush your teeth? Yeah, how that is yeah. that, that and, and even, so we need to be I, I got interested in um counting things yeah. in my practice. Way back in in ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, because we did an audit, um, and my my boss at the time has, has to take credit for this, and then we did an audit in ID Blocks, and we did. So, so I can't remember how many of us in the practice did it, but my boss and I definitely did it, and um, we did a hundred ID Blocks, and we tested. Now it was so it was completely flawed mm. in lots of ways, but it was an audit. It was it yeah, was yeah. a service evaluation. It wasn't mm. a, it wasn't for publication, um, but I tell you two interesting things happened in that audit. Firstly. Um, both my boss and I got a facial palsy on a patient the first week. Oh, really? I've never had one since, and neither did he. We've never That's had one. That's interesting, them, isn't it? Right? And secondly, um, mine were rubbish. Oh, really? Um, so I would have thought that, and if you asked Dennis, I would have thought, you know, it's about 98% on Mighty Block, something like that. So I was, I think I was in the high 70s, right? Oh, right, right. So, so it was, but it then came out that, you know, that my boss was doing it for doing like occlusal composites. Yeah. 
Okay. And I was doing it for taking out eights. <laughs> That's an entirely comparable. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my, ex- yeah, yeah. Well, that's my excuse. Yeah. Uh, that's my excuse for being rubbish at ID blocks, right? But um, but what it did was it made me sit back and go, very early on, so I had been in hospital for three years before I went in to do my VT in 97, but um, very early on I thought, God, I'm a bit shitter than I think. And and it taught me the the, the advantage of objectivity. And then as I, as I think back now, we did the most extraordinary audit in post-op complications and extractions. I just wish at the time I'd paid more. I, I've got it and I still can present it, but I wish I could have published it at the time, right? And so we we and we whole totally closed the audit loop. So we did five hundred extractions, measured all the post-op complications, changed the way we gave post-op advice, changed how we did it, and then halved the complications. And it That's and it's still the, it's still the fundamental basis of how I give post op advice. It was brilliant, right? And 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 then from then on, now we, we, I measured all my implants, I measured all my outcomes in that, and then now we have a department in our little practice that measures them. So you're so you are now trying to set up this sort of mini research group within the practice. Yeah. How's how is trying to get data out? Oh, yeah, shockingly bad. So shockingly difficult. Um, and so it is massively difficult, but that's okay because if you're the first, and I think yeah, we yeah. are, yeah. In practice, really, not the first to publish from practice, but the first to have our own ethical approval. So our database is ethically approved through Derby um, Derby Ethics Committee. So we are we are a, we're an initiator of research. We, we're not collaborating mm-hmm. with a university mm-hmm. to allow them to publish through their ethical under their ethical umbrella. We're it, and so. Um, but it turns out that, like everything else, this is a decade long project, and it's been going now about two years. And, and the only thing we've had published at the moment is a letter to the BDJ to say how difficult it is to publish stuff. <laughs> um, but it's changed our practice. So already it's changed our practice. So if it never achieves anything else from my point of view, you, you, the money that I'm yeah. spending on this, we're spending on this, is worth it. But it, it won't stop there, not in any way. But just out of interest, if you want to know how difficult it is, we, we, we have the most extraordinary data set on implant maintenance and, and we've proven in the practice using our data in a practice that pre-op, a pre-op implant maintenance strategy reduces peri-implant disease. We've proven that. Yep. Nobody wants to publish that. And in fact, one of the rejections we had from one of the European papers, we were re- the study was rejected on the basis that we were, and I quote, a private practice in the United Kingdom. That is and that, but that is the reputation that going back to last edition of the podcast yeah, yeah. that we have in UK dentistry, right? And so we can't. We've tried to publish it in four places and we can't get it published, and that's okay. But um, we still teach it, and it's still a service evaluation that's massively valid. But wouldn't that be better uh, out there for for people? It so- will. We've just had to re the, the hurdles that you have to jump through to get it published. Um, is really tough, right? I, I, and I don't mean I mean the the loopholes. I mean the technicalities is hard, but the rest of the stuff that's coming next from us is is much more impressive even than that. So that's evidence, Colin. That's been good. Yeah, it has we? That, I'm glad that we've over these last two episodes that we've actually managed to solve not only um, the state the, of UK dentistry, but also world, worldwide dentistry. World yeah. poverty. I, mean, I think we knighthood. Coming up soon. I would have thought so. At least. I'll have to reject least. that though when I saw Paul McCartney's baby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's incisive decisive. We'll see you next time. And that's it for another episode of Incisive Decisive. Feel free to get in touch and let us know what you think. Our email address is info at incisivedecisive.com and we are on Twitter at incisivepod. 
If the website isn't up by now, it will be in the next week or so. That's incisivedecisive.com, and there'll be a Facebook page to go along with it. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And our intro music is by the wonderful Gallops. Listen to more of their stuff at gallopsgallops.com. That's Incisive Decisive. Next time on Incisive Decisive. They don't have the, the ability to, to make that diagnosis. The leadership is really, really trembling. I'm going to mention key opinion leaders. I think in general, um, dentists shouldn't do anything. I don't think they should because they don't value it enough as a procedure.